Welcome to a new episode of It Be Your Own People, a new podcast about what's going on in pop culture and being a POC in today's social environment, because sometimes it be your own people. Maybe it's your brother, sister, or friend. Karen at the job or Karen next door, a leader of the movement you thought you could trust. Most of the time, it's somebody you already know. Beware the wolves, y'all. And now more than ever, people are showing you who they really are, and you need to know who you can trust. All right, and welcome to another amazing episode of It Be Your Own People. Let's jump into our cocktail of the day. I'm having a wonderful Jamaican rum punch. Mm-mm-mm. Sally, tell me what you got over there, girl. I am enjoying a nice and delicious coconut tequila with some cran apple over ice because it's hotty, hot, 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 and I need to cool down. Well, that sounds good. I like that. Um, But let's jump into this game today. It's game time. For today's game, we have for y'all what you want to say versus what you have to say. What it's like having to write emails for coworkers and other people in professional settings, but you can't really say all the things that are coming into your brain parts. So basically writing an email for bitch ass coworkers. Yeah, that part. See, all that. So what I want, what I have to say versus what I wanted to say. Okay. All right. So let me jump into this. Hmm. What about if I write in an email, I hope this email finds you well. What do I really mean? I don't actually care how this email finds you. I'm just most likely trying to ask you for some shit that I need. And I was raised better with some manners and I don't want to come across like a rude piece of shit. Ooh, right on point. That's exactly what I mean. Every time I say that. Perfect. Especially when the email is sent on a Monday morning after a four day weekend, like, no, this email doesn't find me well because I'm back at work after a four-day weekend. Exactly. Don't nobody got time for this. Lying. All right. How about as per my last email? What ooh, is it ooh. that you trying to say with that one? Ooh, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. Basically, what I'm saying is, bitch, did you read? Um, did I stutter? I said what I said. Sounds about right. All those things wrapped into one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because like if I'm directing you to something that I have already said in writing, why do I need to repeat myself in writing? Because because people are blind and they try to get on your nerves. But okay, moving right along. What about when I say I apologize as I probably was not clear enough? So this is where, you know, I probably have rewritten this sentence at least three or four times because Mm -hmm. I definitely was clear. Because I do edit myself before I send the email. Now, I'm going to need you to open your eyes so you can see the words on the screen. There's a miscommunication. And you are not understanding my communication with my very clear words. You're right about that. There's a miscommunication, but it's not on my side. Yeah. And then how about this is when this is when the shit really starts escalating. Oh, boy. And, you know, the the miscommunications and the not reading per last emails really starts to get on your last nerve. Oh, no. What happens? How about? There seems to be some disconnect here. Ooh, that means I'm saying, ooh, hold up, hold up. Give me a second. Bitch, you got me fucked up. You tried it. You really did, though. Yeah, the disconnect here is, again, you trying to keep it cute, but really you're keeping it stupid. And I'm going to need you to stop trying me. And don't be sending me no emails at 9.55 p.m. on a weekday when I'm trying to watch my below deck either. 
or even on a weekend at any point. That's what I can't stand. But moving along, what about when you write, I have taken the liberty of CCing so-and-so on this email. All right. So this definitely has one of two meetings, depending on who is the sender and who is the recipient. If I am sending this email and telling you that I'm CCing somebody else, it's because you know what? I need somebody else to see this shit because I know it can't be me. I know it can't be me because again, I read, reread, and I got all the grammarly set up so that I know that all my words are on point. Or you know what? When they secretly CC or, you know, Ooh, the BCC, mm. Ooh, they trying to trap you. Yep. Watch out for those. They trying to trap you up in there. Yep. Yeah. Listeners, you got to watch out for that BCC. That BCC be the devil in disguise. Watch out for him. Okay. What about if you at the end of your email, you say, please let me know if you have any questions. What I mean is you better not email me with any fucking questions that's what i mean don't ask read mm. please let me know if you have any questions is something that you have to say just as like a, a cover your ass but don't nobody actually want to hear the damn question like i'm trying to move on from this all right and now you know what's really funny because this last one i do this all the time but i actually do have good intentions but i know people who don't when they use this what about when you say best regards at the end of your email okay so I will say that for the most part, I too also have uh, good intentions when I say this. I usually also just say best. Uh, but depending on the exchange that has been going on, this could just be me being like, fuck all the way off. Like, seriously, especially if I find out that you BCC'd uh, Karen's, Peter's and all them other motherfuckers in the management position. Yeah, my only signature is best and my name so I think this is so hilarious because there are some people where I'm like, you are annoying the hell out of me. You better not send me another email. But more than half the time, I have good intentions. More than half. The other half, mm, I don't know. But you know what? I like this. We got to do this again. I like this because, you know, some of the emails be coming in hot and heavy and we got to decode them. This is what this was the first portion of decoding mm-hmm. corporate mm-hmm. emails. Yep. Yep. Cause you really, cause sometimes, sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm like, bitch, did you really just say this to me? Like, did you really just come out your face and use your fingertips to type this bullshit and then send it over the interwebs to me? Or, you know what? Let us know. And it be your own people moments. What kind of email interactions you done had when somebody got you all the way effed up? Oh, yes, definitely. And as always, all stories and exchanges on a BAO and people moments are kept completely anonymous. Let's jump right into it with what the fuck news. So unfortunately, in sad news, there was a shooting at George Floyd's one year memorial service. I mean, seriously, Sully, tell us what really went down. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't have nothing nice. We can't give flowers when flowers are due. Uh, Just as we were getting ready to honor George Floyd, shots were fired near the George Floyd Square, which is what they now call the intersection where Floyd was murdered last year as members of the community gathered to mark the anniversary of his death. Um, There was some 911 footage that was released where you could hear a caller reporting that a suspect's vehicle had left the area that sped away. Um, Police are investigating uh, fortunately, no one has passed away from this particular incident. Thank one person. Goodness. Thank God thank for you. that. Can you imagine? Yeah, exactly. Like how 
like obviously this is a completely effed up situation all around but how even more fucked up would it be to have someone pass away at the memorial commemoration for someone who just died there um at the hand of police yes and unfortunately there's no further information at this time we still don't even know who the shooter is what the motive was or their whereabouts so this is just some random fool trying to really harm on what we came to do come together and commemorate this man's life and one of the journalists who was shooting there live he was actually taping he said he can hear about 30 gunshots about 30 that's ridiculous like what are you looking to do at that point what is the purpose of all of this i'm just hoping that the police take this investigation very seriously and that they come up with some lead sooner rather than later so that they can apprehend the suspect and hopefully no one else gets injured or even worse. Agreed. And now moving on to some hilarious but also unfortunate news. OJ, yes, I said it. OJ is giving advice to Cosby on how he can get out of jail. So Bill Cosby refused to take certain, you know, lessons that uh, were pretty much able to get him out of jail. However, OJ had some advice for him. Tell us about that, Sully. So Orenthal James Simpson is out here using his not the full name, his full government girl Oh, mm -mm. out here using his uh, professional expertise on the best way to limit or curtail your time behind bars. He recently took to Twitter and told uh, and told Cosby that, you know, given his recent parole was denied, he told uh, Cosby to just, hey, man, take every single class that the jailhouse has to offer every single one cooking, therapy, cleaning, manufacturing. Let him know that you've actually changed and you can get that parole approved. But Cosby denied wanting they wanted him to take these classes and basically he says if i take these classes then that will admit that i am you know a sexual predator i mean sorry you are that's what you're in jail for but cosby does not want to go down in history as uh as being that even though he's serving time for it so he refuses to take these classes and that's the only way that can get him out of jail sooner which is why his parole was denied so as we know, O.J. Simpson did take classes, whatever they offered to him. And that's how he was able to get out sooner. And he was trying to offer that advice to Cosby. But you know what Cosby's like? Listen, I'm in my 80s. I'm good. I'm doing my time. And I don't want to take this class because that will admit that I'm wrong. I mean, take the class. Don't take the class. Like people you're are still so wrong. Exactly. Exactly. And the reputation, that's it. Like that's what you're going to be known for, unfortunately. Exactly. Uh, and honestly, he needs to take the class because he needs them. I don't care if you're 80, 90 or 100 years old there. There's no excuse to say or you're never too old for improvement. And he definitely needs some improvement. I know, but it's the audacity that he's like, I'm Cosby. I'm not going to say, hey, I did this. But guess what? You are serving the time you did do this. Unfortunately, you need to really look at yourself and take a step back. And he is doing well in jail. He's helping others. He's giving classes to the other inmates. But you're in there with like the drugs and the killers and the dollar billers. And unfortunately, y'all was in the same path. So um, Cosby, you're no better. But if you are actually looking to get out sooner, this is the only way to do it. And that's that on that. Let's get into regular, regular news. All right, y'all. So Akon 
unfortunately got his car stolen. But guess what? He found it using Find My iPhone. Tell us what went down, Sully. Yeah, so Akon, you know, he was just being doing regular, regular stuff, trying to fill up on some gas at the quick trip in Atlanta. He was just getting some gas. He was just getting some gas, minding his business when someone else in another car pulls up and as his car is still running, jumps into his SUV and just speeds right the fuck off with his ride. I'm sorry, but that's the ultimate, like, you should know better. But it's also like, when you know you're just getting gas, you're just doing some simple stuff and you don't turn off the car, the keys are in, the phone is in. Like, that's just a such a regular move. I wouldn't think to be like, oh, you know, let me turn this off and get that damn why are people like this yeah especially now like with these newer cars too that work off of the key fob where even if you have the keys in your pocket you can still drive off with the car if the car is left running uh but thankfully you know team iphone team apple up in here doing all the ting tings he was able to track the car down using the find my iphone app because his iphone was still in the car well you know what i'm glad apple came through for him because i do recall losing a phone or two a couple years ago and i'm still waiting in to see who has it find my iphone and do nothing because the person who steals these things they know how to get around it you keep that shit turned off you take the little sim or whatever's in it out and then you sell it or you use it oh dang you so, know a lot about this stuff well because i didn't get my stuff back so i know what they be doing i know what the stealers be doing i'm not one of them but i just know Thankfully, either these robbers weren't that astute or they just didn't have enough time to go through all of those things. I'm glad they did not have enough time and they got caught. Um, The only thing that's really annoying me about this is that recently TMZ was able to get a hold of the audio from the 911 call. Oh, really? Yes. And on the call, you can hear Akon telling the operator, oh, you know, they they carjacked my car. They carjacked my car. Actually, you know what? Let's listen to the audio here. Hey, yes, how you doing? Yeah, I was just carjacked at the gas station for my Range Rover. And what gas station was the address? Um, the, the, the gas station um, is 761. Um, uh, Neiman's Marcus. Neiman's but I have a tracker. I have a tracker. Listen, 761 Neiman Marcus is not a street in the city of Atlanta. What's the address you're at? So yeah. I get a police out there to you. And what's the name of the gas station? Oh, no. I'm sorry, ma'am. This is not the gas station. This is where my car is actually parked because I have the track on it. What gas station you at? What car? Have you made a police report? Yeah, the police is on their way, but they've been on their way for a whole hour. And you say you were carjacked? Yes, ma'am. At gunpoint? No, I wasn't at gunpoint. What happened then? I was literally getting getting gas and they just jumped in the car and that's not a carjacking that's not a carjacking oh okay i'm gonna sell your car so as you heard in the audio he's telling the operator oh they carjacked my car and the operator keeps interrupting him and then finally is just like oh was it at gunpoint oh that's not a carjacking your your car got robbed i'm like Girl, I don't care if it's a carjacking. What does it matter what terminology I use and if there was a gun or not? If you don't get your ass here and find my stuff. Right. You know what? Funny thing is he ended up finding his damn self. Yeah. And then she goes, oh, did you call the cops? And he goes, yeah, I called the cops. It's taken them over an hour to get here. Can you believe that shit? Over an hour for him to report his car getting stolen. But but a neighbor calling the cops on their other neighbor talking too loud, they could show up in three minutes. Oh, okay. That part, all of that right there. Oh, okay. I can't. 
yeah, this is just ridiculous. Um, and slightly better news, though, apparently Kanye is out here doing good things for the regular degular folks. Okay, Kanye. Yeah, apparently he was out at a strip club the other night, but, you know, he was sitting there minding his business, drinking his ice water and really chatted it up with one of the strippers. And then before he left, he left her a fifteen thousand dollar tip. Yes. Apparently he was talking to this bartender in the strip club, not having any alcoholic beverages. He was there with a group of his friends and he was just talking about his beliefs and then left a 15K tip. I mean, that's nice. But honey, listening to you for four hours. You probably could have gave a little bit more. Just saying. I mean, I ain't mad at it because $15,000 for four hours worth of work. I'm not mad either. Go ahead, girl. But damn, Kanye can talk about a lot of crazy BS. But again, glad she got that tip. And moving on to, oh, my poor Blair Underwood. Love him. He is getting a divorce after 27 years of marriage. Ooh, tell us some more about that. Damn, that's a whole lifetime. But yeah, unfortunately, Blair Underwood and his soon-to-be ex-wife, Desiree DaCosta, announced on Instagram that after 27 years, they are deciding to divorce. But it appears to be a pretty amicable and mutually agreed upon uh, breakup. For now. For now. That's true. For now. Because you know what? This could have been their publicist. Their publicist could have written this. Oh, their publicists always write these things. But you know what? I do hope that it does turn out to be a nice, clean break. They have three grown children, so there are no kids in play here. They're all older, out the house. And you know what? Blair Underwood is always working. He's in something at least every year. Mm-hmm. So um, I know Desiree's going to want her queens. From I would hope that after all of these years, almost 30 years of marriage, that he would do right by her and his family and not try to like, you know, try to haggle over the assets and the homes. Well, that's what we hope. But we never know. You know, she you never know want to get the money that continues her lifestyle that she had with him. You're However, right. if you're not with him, that lifestyle is going to change a little bit. And we don't know what she did for a career before she got married to Mr. Underwood and, you know, had and raised their three grown children. So let's see how this plays out. But so sorry that they're divorcing. Also, they should be very happy that they had a long lasting marriage, you know, throughout the Hollywood. Yeah. 27 years for a Hollywood marriage is like damn near 90 for regular folk is unseen. And now let's move on to Bachelor in Paradise. They found a new host. I'm like, okay, okay, new host. So they found a new host and it's David Spade. I'm pretty happy about this. However, tell the other part of it. So, you know, Chris Harrison has decided to allegedly step down, even though we all know that he got axed for uh, He he who will not be named. Has stepped, yes, down. has stepped down because of his racially insensitive comments uh, following another incident with a previous Bachelor contestant, which we've already discussed and will no longer be giving her a platform on our show. Uh, but instead, what we're going to be seeing is David Spade will be just one of several comedians one. who will be hosting Bachelor in Paradise. So they're going to switch out different comedians every few weeks, mm-hmm. which is like, OK, that could be interesting and fun. Like I have watched The Bachelor and I've watched The Bachelorette. I have never watched The Bachelor in Paradise. But because David Spade is there, I will take a little peek or two. And now if you tell me there are going to be other really great comedians hosting, oh, I'm definitely going to watch. So this was smart. 
but also I'm like, just stick to one host. This is too much going on. Cause like, why not just yeah. like give David Spade the job, let him do his thing. And David Spade is a bachelor super fan. Like he's always on Instagram commenting about the episodes on who he thinks he should stay on people who he thinks should have gotten kicked off and isn't who should have ended up with the final rose. And isn't he the ultimate bachelor? Like in general, he's dated some of the baddies in Hollywood. So I think he's coming. Like, I don't quite understand to be quite honest. I mean, it's not for us to get, but little <laughs> man can stand on his money and look as attractive as he needs. You to. know what? He's right. been with some hot ass women. So I'm like, all right, go ahead, David Spade. But on top of that, he who will not be named, but I'm just going to say it right now. Chris Harrison is looking for a major payout from ABC and the Bachelor Nation. So he can apparently, allegedly get between $10 million to $99 million for this payout. $99 million? Mm, between $10 but, to $99 million. Mm. But- we're talking some shade, spitting some shit. Between, no, no, no. To get paid out and he will not be a part of Bachelor and Timor. So I want to see how this payout works because nobody wants him on any of the Bachelor shows anymore. So let's continue to keep an eye on this situation and uh, when Bachelor in Paradise uh, premieres. But let's move on to a little fool who formerly had his black card revoked. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should give it to him back. But uh, let's let's, uh, let's get into Lil Uzi Vert and what he no longer has on his forehead. Yeah. So previously we had revoked Lil Uzi Vert's black card for putting this damn million dollar pink diamond in his forehead. Um, however, it appears that recently he has removed this extravagant piece of jewelry from between his eyebrows. But see, I don't understand because he got this thing like surgically implanted in mm-hmm. his head and now it's gone and his skin looks normal. I, I don't get that. Was this just a hoax? Like you can't get something implanted in your skin. Right. I, I just what do you you have baby soft skin? You're using the Johnson and Johnson products like what's going on? Because that's a no, no. Like, how did that happen? But also now that it's removed, what did you do with that money? But my thing is just like. What if the whole time he was just setting us up and it was actually one of those peel and stick gemstones that you just put right in the middle of something, kind of like a command strip to make us think that he had that surgically embedded? Because we ain't seen no video of the surgery actually being uh, conducted. Okay, well, you might want to see that video. I don't. But the thing is, if you have uh, that many millions on a diamond you put on your head, you're stupid. But secondly, what did you do with that diamond now? Did you cash it in? Did you turn it into like a medallion and put on your necklace? Or did you, I don't know, get some more grills, put in your teeth? Like, I have no idea. You Too know many what? Questions. But just glad it's off his damn head. He probably is going to put the diamond in a band and use it to propose to his lady love, which is why he probably took it out. Watch. Okay, I, I see know, this. I see this. I see I'm it not mad in at the that. ghetto stars. Okay. I'm going to put it into the ghetto stars with you. I see that. I like that. So, mm, okay. And now for hashtag we winning. So today we really want to highlight a truly special achievement. The Biden administration has recently put in place the first woman of color, also Haitian and openly gay, to hold the position of deputy press secretary. Tree, tell us about our new queen in the White House. First of all, yes, Haiti. And second, 
secondly, I seriously hate when we still have to say first in 2021. Mm. But unfortunately, that is the case. And uh, the White House made history recently when Karine Jean-Pierre, the principal deputy press secretary for the White House, briefed reporters on behalf of the president. She is the first black woman in decades and the first openly gay spokesperson in history, as Sally already said, to take stand behind the podium in that capacity. I love it. I love when we keep breaking down the barriers. I truly wish to see the day, hopefully in my lifetime, where we can stop saying the first, the first black this, the first black woman. Like, can we just all get the due diligence that we have worked so hard for? Yes. And I really love everything that she had to say at her first press briefing. Uh, We actually have some audio here. So let's take a listen to it. Um, your presence here today is making history. Uh, you are the first black woman to stand behind that podium, speaking on behalf of the president in 30 years. Just wondering if you could share your reflections with us. Well, uh, thank you for the question. Um, you know, it's it's a real honor to be standing, uh, to just be standing here today. It, it doesn't, um, it, you know, it, it, the I appreciate the historic nature. I really do. Uh, but I, I believe that uh, you know, being behind, being behind this podium, uh, being in this room, uh, being in this building is not about one person. It's about, you know, what we do on behalf of the American people. Um, clearly, the president believes in, in representation matters, um, and I appreciate him giving me this opportunity. Uh, and it's, a, it's another reason why I think we are all so proud that this is the most diverse administration in history. Um, but again, this is not about me. This is not about any of us. And, I, you know, any time I'm behind here, and I think you've heard Jen say this as well, uh, we are going to be truthful. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be transparent. Transparent, uh, and that's the way I believe the president would want us to communicate to the American people. I love the way that she talks about appreciating the historic nature of this moment, uh, but that for her, it's not so much about being the person behind the podium, uh, or it's not just about being the one person, so the first Black woman, uh, the first openly gay woman, but really talking about what it is that they can do as an administration on behalf of Americans. And really, what more could we ask for? You're right. We couldn't ask for more. And I love that she's breaking barriers in so many different ways. I hope the White House keeps it up. That's what I was really hoping for when Biden and Harris took office. And so they're not just putting their words behind it. They are actually backing it up. So go ahead. I need to see more of that. That's right. And more good news, Rihanna is serving us everything. All my girl, my girl. Yes, Riri is out here being her own muse, photographer, and stylist for her second cover of Vogue Italia's 2021 issue. So I'm going to get into her creative vision. It's been almost 12 years since first popped up on Vogue Italia's cover. And she mentioned that it's like a full circle moment in over a decade where she's calling all the shots because we know she is not just a beauty mogul. She's a superstar entertainer and all that, that, that. So I'm so happy for Riri. I'm so happy for my girl. I stand for her all day. Yes. I mean, she may not have been giving us an album, but she gave us all these other beautiful gems to enjoy. So I'm happy for you, girl. Do you. 
But you know what? I'm good. You don't have to give us an album because you all in love and whatnot. And you all starting up businesses and you just being a boss out here. So I'm like, you know what? You can chill on this because you're doing about 200 Mm -hmm. other things. And guess what? You keeping people employed. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, do it, baby. Go ahead, Riri. Yeah, I stopped being upset about the album when she gave us that true color match with her many different shades of representation at Fenty Beauty. So go ahead, girl. Check this out. So we have some really cool things to bring to y'all today. Uh, The celebrity dating game on ABC is coming back, hosted by Zoe Deschanel and Michael Bolton. Tree, tell us about this new fun spin on this show. Listen, at first I was like, oh, I don't know. But anything with Zoe Deschanel, I'm in for. And also, once I found out the celebs that were going to be on this, I was so here for it. So first of all, we have Iggy Azalea, Tay Diggs, Joey Lawrence. We also have Carmen Electra, Margaret Cho, Marcus Shribner, also known as Junior from Blackish. I mean, there are so many fun people here, along with Carson Kressley and Gabrielle Iglesias. I just can't wait. I want to see what lucky people, regular, regular people, will get to date these celebs. It's I just have good. one question. What's the question? Where do I sign up? How do I get on the show? How do I how, how do I get a girl? You have to watch number one so that it could get ratings. And then when it gets renewed for season two, then you could start checking how you can get on the show show. Because mm-hmm. look, I love me some brown sugar Tay Diggs. He could always get it. And Marcus Scribner, I mean, you know, he's 21, but he's legal. He's an adult. He makes oh, I, I money. Forgot, I forgot to mention Tyson Bedford. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to need one of those contestants to mysteriously drop out so I can get put in. Well, I'm here for it. It looks like it's going to be so much fun. So as we know, the celebrity guest will remain a mystery. And that one lucky regular regular person will be hidden and asking a bunch of questions and answering questions and so forth until they win the prize. So I can't wait to see it. Ooh, it's going to be exciting. I hope they have a voice scrambler because I think that some of these celebrities have just very distinct voices. And if I know I'm going on there to meet a celebrity, I'm going to be thinking about, okay, which celebrity would this be? No, because there's so many celebrities. And unless you are going like to talk to Fran, Fran Drescher, or what's her name for Modern Family, like I highly doubt that you are going to know the voice. It could legitimately be anyone because it could be any entertainer from any walk of life, you know? Mm -hmm. And now onto a really good read. It's called The Other Black Girl by Sakia Dalia Harris. Tell us about that, Sally. Yeah, so I'm actually really excited to add this to my summer reading list. uh, It's already out. And this is uh, centered around 26-year-old editorial assistant Nella Rogers, who's the main character, and how tired she is of being the only Black employee at her publishing firm, Wagner Books. Already off top, they grabbed me with this first sentence because I know that you can relate, I can relate, so many of our listeners can relate to what it's like being that one POC at your job where you're like the urban translator for your coworkers. 
so many, too many people out there go through the same experience. So I'm glad that is down on pen and paper and I get to live the life of this Nella Rogers. It looks really good. But I mean, there's so many different things that it's like a code switching, you know, where like you with your friends and then you walk into a professional environment, whether it's work or it's higher education or any matter, you know, there's a little bit of a switch mm-hmm. and it's not like you purposefully do it. But there is just something that turns and then you're like, oh, my God, I have to suddenly switch it up a little bit. So we're going to be talking about code switching on another episode. But um, I can't wait to dig into this book because it sounds really good. And she's also Harlem born. Hey, girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I really like about this is that it's uh, slating itself as some kind of psychological thriller, because in the storyline, another black woman starts working at the company. So Nella gets so excited. It's like, oh, yeah, another black girl. sister. It sounds like a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And but then all of a sudden shit gets weird because they go from like trading natural hair care products to one day she just comes into the office and she sees like nasty notes and threats being left at her cubicle it's like single black female like suddenly you someone wants to out you and oust you and basically try to make your life a living hell and you really thought that this was going to be such a combination of greatness and mm-hmm. then was it because some people i don't know they just can't do well with with others because it be your own people it be your own people Yes, and now um, a new project that I'm not too sure about, but apparently there's going to be a biopic about superstar track and field phenom Florence Griffith Joyner. And we love seeing her life come onto screen, but the person who's playing it, I'm not so sure about. Tell us who's playing. It will be none other than Tiffany Haddish herself. Wait, say what? Tiffany Haddish. Mm-mm. Yes, the Girls Trip star uh, is now breaking out. She's been breaking out into more dramatic, more serious roles for some time. Uh, But in addition to starring in the film, she is actually one of the producers of the project as well. So, you know, she's got her she's got a little bit of, you know, that Kevin Hart hustle where she's got to have her hand almost in every single facet of whatever she's working on. I love the hustle Do the hustle. That's great. Have your hand in a lot of projects, but you also need to know what's the right project for you. Now, if she's in a part of directing, that's great. Stick to the directing. As far as her acting, I will say that Tiffany had a sh- sh- serious acting roles. I've seen her in the kitchen. She was amazing in the last OG and she was more serious. It's a little bit of funny there, but she was more serious. And I thought she was great. She has a breadth and variety in her acting, but I'm just not sure how I see her playing Florence Griffith Joyner. So she's really going to have to win me over because, you know, me and my girls, we all are track and field like from day one. And so I really want this story to be true and true. And I'm just looking for some excitement for Tiffany Haddish. I'm really just not a fan right now that she is the lead on this. So I'm hoping that she brings what the project needs. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm also a bit on the fence about this, but I am excited to see that Al Joyner, uh, Flojo or Florence Griffiths Joyner's husband, who was also her trainer, is not only a producer, but also the creative consultant. And apparently he's been working and training with Tiffany, um, not just to, you know, get her Flojo uh, perspective or character on, but also training her in track and field. So hopefully, you know, this stays true to form. 
But see, that's great. And I like that her family is in on it. But of course, her her husband and her family would want a huge name person to bring a lot of people to watch this. You know what I mean? I would have much rather them gotten a no name person who can just really do, in my opinion, a better job. But, you know, again, we'll just have to see. And I hope that they do this project justice. So and hopefully we won't have to revoke any black cards on this one. And now for sad blackity black ass truth. Unfortunately, some sad news that we have to share is that one of the real voices behind Millie Vanilli, not the fake ones that were lip syncing on stage, but uh, the true talent behind the duo, John Davis, has passed away uh, due to a rough battle with COVID-19. Yeah, so our thoughts are with the family, um, especially as this is a much larger issue for the marginalized communities, uh, because the COVID-19 pandemic took a lot of great people, but also it's a simple fact that I wasn't even privy to, you know, who was actually behind the Millie Vanilli voice. When you hear Millie Vanilli, you think of the two guys that made it big that unfortunately were frauds. And so the simple fact that he was behind one of the greatest voices back then for this uh, duo to make it big and people weren't even privy to it, that's the huge sad blackity black ass truth and now time for reality roundup so a couple that has made its way onto our discussion boards more than once in the last few weeks is erica mena and safari recently we have found out that erica mena has filed for divorce in georgia um so let's see how long this lasts tree Yeah, so we just found out not too long ago, I want to say a few weeks ago, that Erica is pregnant with their second child. And, you know, there was a whole discussion about that. And apparently their child is due soon, which is just like, you guys are really out here trying to get the most attention with the, they may get divorced, then suddenly they're pregnant, then now they are getting divorced. And I feel like they are trying to be the Ray J and Princess of you know vh1 because they're all on vh1 and they all do love and hip-hop and i'm just i i don't think that this will last i feel like they're going to stay together i feel like they just kind of one of those couples that love to argue and then have the best makeup sex so it's like figure it out you guys will be fine and then let's keep it pushing Yeah, you know, like we said before, the whole going back and forth with, oh, I'm going to divorce you. Oh, we're going to stay together. No, now I'm going to divorce you. Like they play too much with the institution of marriage. Uh, Yeah, it's it's not cute. And really what's going to happen is that we're just so sick and tired of y'all going on your socials, talking so much shit about each other, when really you need to start thinking about these now two children that you're about to have. Um, You know, all of the stress cannot possibly be good for Erica. She's due in July, so she's basically about to pop. And they just need to get their ish all the way together because at the end of the day, the priority is the kids and they need to stop doing all of this BS just for the social media, reality TV, Mona Scott clout. Cook my tea. Exactly. And the thing is, their children are infants now, but eventually they will get older. So you guys need to figure it out. But we're going to move right along to Basketball Wives. Evelyn Lozada says she's done done. She gone. Yeah, she said that she's no longer going to be doing basketball wives, even though let's be real, girl, you haven't been a basketball wife for a minute. 
but, but she's, she's def- been on she, every single season. Yes, she's been on every single season, and she's definitely given us some really good toxic tea to sip on. So I can't, I can't front on that. But you know, she does say that this has been a decision that was pretty easy for her to make, but that it's still weighing on her because it's something that she's been doing for so long. But it's not the most positive energy. I mean. I could have told you that. <laughs> Let's be real. You know, she's been on every single season because she's besties with Shawnee O'Neal. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of had the upper hand in what kind of situations took part. But girl, you've always been on the negative side of the show. Even when you were doing good, you kind of weren't. And I'm just like, after having argued, having had uh, what race claims, so many different things went down. You've now had a whole new child while being on this show. And I'm just like, this is a good thing for you to leave. But let's be real. You can't say that it takes up too much of your energy. I mean, yeah, it can take up too much of your energy, but you've always been on the negative side. So the fact that you want to move into something more positive. All right, cool. But I give it maybe um, one month before she's on another reality show. Exactly. And probably doing even more toxic stuff than what she was doing on Basketball Wives. Hopefully not. But I think you might be right. And, you know, speaking of interesting ups and downs and just all around mess, Portia Williams, my girl. Damn it. Portia, what you do this time? Again, she is still up all up in, and down these Atlanta streets with this charade with her and Simon Gubadia talking about how, oh, I love my man so much. Oh, we about to have three weddings. Yeah. Not only does she want three weddings. She also apparently, allegedly, got her new man's middle name tattooed on her neck. I still have yet to see this picture, but she is not stopping, even though people are constantly like, whoa, girl, Portia, you are doing the most by dating and being engaged to this man. She is seen at almost every event. She was just at the fight last week for Floyd Mayweather. Um, That was a letdown of a fight, by the way. She's even on her show, Destination, talking about, yeah. I'm happy with my fiance's name tattooed on my neck. And I'm like, girl, you have to do better. But I hope and I pray that the Bravo cameras are there. Yes, Andy, you better be hoping and praying that you get every single second of everything that is going on. Because if it is one thing that does not miss, it's them Bravo cameras, girl. Even when you turn them off, at least two or three of them be on somewhere. Yes, because I don't want to miss any part of this toxicity. But moving on to more toxic-ish, Montana versus Larsa Pippen. So apparently Montana called Larsa an old, dusty, thirsty blow-up doll and told her to stop dating married men. Yeah, Montana is not having it with Larsa. And she took to IG to let her know just how much she is not having it with her after cheating with her man. So apparently Larza, you know, even though she is in the wrong for dating a, a married man, uh, Yao Matana really has to let her have it because Larza apparently had some really not nice things to say about her. So she had to get it off her chest. Ooh, child. So she went and testified and said, you really need to be put in check or something because you really wilding out here thinking you about to tell either Malik or I how to act. Girl, she heard with the grammatically correct and everything. That's good. So now you got me hot and I'm not holding back no more. I've been already told you to shut your trap because you embarrassed yourself enough already. Both of you were wrong as hell, but you, ma'am, had the nerve to talk all that shit to me as if I was wrong. 
she finally continues with, first of all, we as women won't claim you. You wouldn't know girl code if it slapped you in the face. You just saw old, desperate, thirsty ass run through blow up doll. And to say Montana is married to the basketball player that Larsa Pippen was openly dating in Larsa's defense. She says that the basketball player, the husband, told her that they were separated and that he was getting a divorce. So I hate to see women going against women like this because the only root problem in all of this is that lying, cheating ass man. Y'all should be going after him. He is the one that lied. He is the one that cheated. And now we have these two women pitted against each other. But I will say, damn, that was funny when she said dusty, thirsty, blow up, dog. Mm, I was laughing. Yeah, that was that wasn't even a palm tree of shade. That was that was a whole forest of shade. It was a vacation of shade and I was here for it. She read her edges straight off her scalp. He sure did. And now let's get into some Bravo Housewives from Beverly Hills and New York. What's going on over there, girl? Yeah. So, you know what? Garcelle and Ebony, they are not backing down. They are not playing. They are letting you know what you are not about to do is play with my name. So first with uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Garcelle and Kyle finally had to sit down to go over their issues. And Garcelle really had to let old girl know um you're not about to talk about how I don't pay what I say I'm gonna pay yeah I like that she called her out and said if you didn't get the five thousand that I donated from your um you know team why wouldn't you call me up why wouldn't you reach out to my team instead of saying it on the reunion if it were any of the white you know housewives you wouldn't have done that, which is very true. And Kyle was just like, well, we don't talk. I didn't know you like that. And that's another reason. If you didn't know her like that, why would you put her on blast? Exactly. You no, know she's good for 5,000. It's a merely 5,000. Like you guys are all stars. You're all on the show. You're clearly getting a lot more than that. She has the money. So why try to make her seem bad? So I'm glad that she brought up that race issue. And I'm glad that race in general is being brought up on Beverly Hills and New York because since we haven't seen black people on these franchises, it was never a question. And so now we're having these important questions of don't do this to me because I'm black, because you're not about to play with my name. Yeah. And the thing is, like that whole excuse that Kyle used of while well, we weren't really talking, it doesn't matter because even if it's a complete stranger and I'm a stranger and I commit to making a donation to your charity and the funds don't go through, you reach out to my team then. Because like ourselves said, that's my financial team. They would have covered that. And it's that whole, in Hollywood, don't they love saying, oh, have your people call my people? So your people should have been calling her people to see what was up. That part. And Garza had a simple, you know, reason for that. She said they had an old card. It happens. Cards expire. Mm -hmm. You got the money. So Kyle, sit down with all that. But again, we are so ready to see the rest of the Beverly Hills season. Now let's get into what's going down with Ebony K. Williams on New York. Yeah, so Ebony is out here letting these women know you are not about to disrespect me and call me out my name. Don't call so, her angry. Don't call any black woman angry. No, nope, do not. And what I really like is that she is really taking the time to provide some sort of a cultural education to these other cast members who otherwise would not interact uh, that regularly with people like her, people who look like her, people who look like us. Or people of color that don't work for them. Let's just In general, yes. Real. On a daily basis, they probably aren't coming 
uh, inter they're probably not interacting with a lot of people who don't look like them. And, you know, if they do, aren't working for them. Yes. So in a recent exchange between Ebony and Luann, we see that the conversation gets pretty heated. You know, there is a miscommunication on both parties. Everyone's getting upset. Um, But then Luann's like, you don't have to be getting so angry. But I love the fact that Ebony turned it right back around and she said, you cannot call me an angry woman just because I'm black, because literally seconds before that happened, um, another housewife who was white stormed off after calling every woman at the table a hoe. She said, you're a hoe, you're a hoe, you're a hoe. And she stormed off and no one called her angry. So I love that Ebony used that as a perfect example, because otherwise it's kind of like, you know, I didn't want to just see Ebony only talking about race on this show. But she had a perfect example of like literally seconds before you said nothing. And now I'm angry. Come on now. So it really went into a whole teachable moment. And Ebony is really bringing a, a lot of different aspects of how to calmly speak to these women who are, in other words, just are in a different world. They don't understand. They've never come across this. They've never had to explain themselves and say the things explain why they say the things that they say Mm -hmm. it's a different world from where you come from baby yeah but i also just don't want ebony to be that person that kind of brings race into every situation because it's kind of like another not so housewife but friend of the housewives heather is understanding and gets it and on her side and then she kind of just like side eyes her with like well girl now you're going too far and i'm like all right Okay, it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you, if you don't. don't. Do you want them to understand or you just want to, you know, make this a race thing every freaking episode? Like, come on. So I'm a little happy they're having these conversations. But at the same point, it's like we can't have every episode be about race. Like, I still just want to see the housewives get crazy, drink, get drunk. And let's just have fun and keep the race conversations where they need to be. It doesn't need to be, you know, in every in every scene. Yes, when it's necessary, but don't beat a dead horse. The horse is dead, damn it. Leave it alone. If you want to hit us up to say hey or let us know about any It Be Your Own People moments, send us an email at ibyoppodcast at gmail.com. Hey, y'all. Don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Podcast. That's all we have today on It Be Your Own People. Stay woke, stay alert, and tune in next time.